Welcome to TCM Talks. I'm your host, Chris Como, and the goal of our podcast is 15 to 20 minutes of relevant need to know to help you in your role as a hospice and palliative care and serious illness leader and staff member at all levels of the organization. So our goal is concise and relevant need to know for you in your role. And the bookend of our podcast is always just something to make you think deeper about our topic and just about general life itself. So I'm super excited. Our guest today is Rebecca Heiss. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me here, Chris. I'm, I'm thrilled to be on. I'm looking forward to our time together today. So Rebecca is a PhD, the CEO and founder of Acuity LLC. She's a keynote speaker and an author. But Rebecca, why don't you tell our listeners, what do they need to know about you? Um, probably that my favorite beverage is Diet Sprite Mixed with red wine. Don't judge me. Um, no, in all seriousness, and that's that there is some some method behind my madness of introducing myself like that, because it's weird, right? It's this bizarre thing that people might get judgmental about, right? You mix diet sprite into your red wine. And the point of me introducing myself like that is that for most of my life, I lived in fear of judgment, right? I lived in, in I made all of my decisions from fear, so I needed to prove myself. I had to go out and earn a bunch of degrees so that I, I was valued and I felt you know, important in the world. I had something to say and, and now people would recognize it. So that's what I did. I went out and I got a bunch of degrees and I was miserable because every decision that I made to get married, to um, you know, have this academic position was based in fear. And when I finally recognized that, it was when my sister's wife was diagnosed with terminal cancer and, and immediately was like, Phew! All things went off the table because I, in my head, said, wow, Whew, if that had been me, I would be so disappointed with the life that I've lived, right? Because all of these choices had been made in fear. And so I, from that moment on, I, I quit my job. I sold my house. I divorced my husband within a month. And I'm not saying that's the best road to take, folks. <laughs> it was a rough one, but it, um, it paved the way for me to start making actual decisions, not from, from fear. So. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's incredibly powerful. And I didn't know that part of your story, Becca. Every time we have a conversation, I learn more about you. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, I want to think I need to give Julie Sachs a shout out because she's the one who introduced you and I. And every time we have a great conversation, um, and so that I've been wanting to get you on this show because last time you were telling me about your Fearless Accelerator course. And so I'll set the table and hand it to you. And so all of our listeners, and they may be wondering. So, well, obviously the story you just told has great connection to hospice and palliative care because that's why we love this work. Um, if we step back and think about what we do, we're reminded every day how finite life is and how purposeful and impactful it can or can't be. And so, um, so I love your story. So you already have great cred with the people I work with every day. But even further, when you told me about this Fearless Accelerator course specifically for women, and so I shared this with you, but I'm going to share it with our audience. And so I've kind of grown up in this industry now, 25 years. And I think when I started in 1995, I was probably one of four males in the entire industry. In fact, the very first national conference no line in the bathroom whatsoever, but the poor <laughs> ladies, there was a long line because it is mostly women that are drawn to this amazing, um, compassionate model of caring that is hospice. And so when you told me about it, I thought, you know, the vast majority of people I get the privilege of working with are women. And I think you have something very unique. And so can you just unpack a little bit about this Fearless Accelerator course and what it's about? 
Yeah, sure. So the, the Fearless Accelerator is all about helping women move from a space of stress and anxiety and feeling like imposters in their own lives. You know, like feeling like you have to, have to wear a mask to say, okay, when I show up at work, I want to make sure I'm looking like this. I'm feeling like this. Everybody thinks that I know all the things um, because, oh my gosh, what if they find out that I'm a fake? Or I, I don't know as much as everybody else knows. And we all have these thoughts kind of rumbling around. And when I say we all, I mean a really significant portion of us have imposter thoughts. And I thought, you know, it's so sad to me that we live most of our lives behind this mask of inauthenticity and we don't ever really show up as ourselves. And so I wanted to create a course where women could first recognize who they are at a deep level. So we, we work through the Enneagram, you know, we, we try and understand how, who we are, how we show up in the world, um, how others see us. And then we work through stress, fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, how anxiety, you know, triggers our brain to start operating from this monkey mind, as, as it were, you know, this, a, this stressful, uh, instinctual brain rather than our conscious cognitive brain. Um, we move into setting up healthy boundaries, recognizing that every time we're saying yes to someone else, when we don't want to, we're saying no to ourselves. So really recognizing and owning our power and saying, wait a second, I'm, I'm worthy of saying yes too, even if it means I have to say no to somebody else. And then the last week is really focused on confidence and moving into manifestation. And I always have to say that with a little asterisk because as a scientist, I, I get a little bit like weirded out when people say manifesting things and power of attraction and all that. And yet there's some really fascinating science behind it um, and how we focus our attention on, on positive things. So that's the accelerator. Um, I just had my first cohort go through and it's just been, I mean, like I get emotional even thinking about it because it's just been such a powerful transformation for, for these women. And I'm, I'm just really lucky that I get to do what I love. Wow. So. Well, and as you shared some of your story with me, I see how your life story has prepared you to do this. And I imagine probably that why you got tearful is you probably had a vision in your mind of just the, the trajectory change that you're seeing in these women's lives. And so, so that really goes to my first question, Rebecca. So when I think about when you talked about the beginning, um, and really, you know, who they are and how the world sees them. And kind of my lexicon is us all about connecting with cause and purpose. And a lot of the people listening to this might be um, nurses by the bedside, actually with hospice and palliative care patients. And they may just be looking at, well, what are you talking about? I, I just have a job. I just want a job. I just want to do my job. But it's a special kind of job. Um, what would you say to them? What would you say to them? Um, I mean, honestly, from a personal perspective, I, I can't imagine uh, doing what you do because every single day you are changing, you are changing lives. Like for people like me who are sitting and watching, uh, you do the work that you do. It is, is an incredibly connected, um, privilege that you are able to help, help people move, uh, into a space of, of more comfort and out of their zones of stress. So you're, you're doing this work every day for so many people in ways that, um, that a lot of people like me couldn't couldn't do without. So I'm incredibly grateful for all the work that you're doing. That's awesome, Rebecca. And then talking about the stress and anxiety is we've actually did, in fact, why I started this podcast is I was sitting in a meeting and just my heart was breaking just listening to just the stress that's going on. And we've had people that have just pitched their whole careers and said, screw this um, because of what they've gone through with COVID and just walked away from years that they've invested in themselves and their career and so we try to create a series of podcasts just to be a resource, but unpack a little bit more is how do you help with stress and anxiety? Because it feels like you're speaking to a different level or a deeper level of what's causing that stress and anxiety. 
Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of techniques, right? I mean, I do a lot of visualization work, a lot of practice, um, looking back to the kind of inner child and getting deeply aware of some of the traumas that might have affected us um, growing up that we still carry with us, the stories that we're telling about our worth or our value or, um, or ways that we have to show up in the world in order to get respect or love. Um, and I also do really sort of simple exercises. So if you're sitting there and you're stressed out right now, it may just be as simple as going, huh, look up, look around, because we get all of our focus on this immediate thing in front of our face, like computer screens or patients or whatever it is that is right here. And it sends a signal to our brain of, okay, we're narrowing the vision. And when we narrow the vision, our brain goes, oh, it's a tiger. That's We have to focus right here. So it starts sending out cortisol to, to run away from the thing that is just a computer screen. Uh, so all of these mechanisms that, you know, helped our brain in the ancestral past to stay alive today are often misfiring. And so we can do little things like expanding our vision. Like right now I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the screen, but I'm also seeing my ceiling. I'm seeing the floor. I'm seeing this more of a peripheral view. And just that, like opening the aperture of the eye signals to the brain, oh, we're safe or doing certain breathing techniques, like the physiological sigh is one of my favorites. So when you listen to people cry, you'll hear this a lot. People will go, <laughs> right, that, yeah. that second breath. And what that's doing is it's actually expanding the alveoli. So when we get stressed, when we get anxious, we take these short sort of shallow breaths. So we're disrupting the gas flows of the exchange of carbon dioxide and, and oxygen. So what our body is doing naturally in that double breath <laughs> is it's expanding the alveoli and allowing us to dispense a lot more CO2. But we don't just have to do that when we're sobbing. We can do that like we're sitting in a meeting. You know, we're inhaling deeply through our nose and then taking just that little extra oxygen. And what we're finding in research is that that a single physiological sigh offloads a ton of cortisol. Wow. And we're getting back to this space where we're, okay, operating from more of a conscious cognitive space. So I, I work through a lot of those sort of deep exercises as well as just what I call a cortisol gym, right? How do I get rid of this cortisol right, really quick? What's the Peloton for the mind that I need to do right now? I love your energy. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the imposter syndrome. And um, that's one of the things I've seen throughout my career. Again, I feel like I've grown up in this industry and I've seen some amazing caring women and this work is so affirming. Number one, you get called an angel sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis, and we don't get that at home. And then it, it just becomes our all, and there's no boundaries, and it just, it just, it's not healthy. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is, this is really a natural thing. Um, it's really difficult for us not to judge ourselves when we're in these spaces because we're getting the thing that we desperately seek, right? That validation. We're chasing that validation, that love, that affirmation of, oh, I'm worthy, I'm enough. And it's it's really easy to get into this kind of like hedonistic treadmill where we're just seeking more and more and more and we lose ourselves then, mm. right? We lose any sense of our boundaries, our family, um, even who we are deeply as a human being. Um, and so I work a lot to, to help women recognize who they are, how they show up in the world. Um, so frequently, you know, I, I look back at my own life and I'm like, well, I was such a people pleaser. Um, I didn't even know how I liked my eggs, right? Do I like them scrambled? Well, sure, that's fine. Do I like them fried? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Do I like, how do I, like, where do I even begin to know who I am um, rather than who I can be for you? I, and especially in these areas where, you know, you're, you're, the majority of your listeners are, are operating from where it's a lot of help. It's a lot of people pleasing. 
help can be the sunny side of control. And that's where things get dangerous, right? The more we try to control other people, um, the more we actually lose control of ourselves. So, you know, it's, it's that fine separation to make sure that we're not telling ourselves stories that aren't serving ourselves. Wow, that's powerful. Rebecca, how long is the course typically, the whole Fearless Accelerator course? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a six-week-long course, but it's lifetime access. Like, this is the thing, the question that I get asked frequently is like, well, how do I, how do I rewire my brain? How quickly can I rewire my brain, right? Like, and you'll hear this from other people, oh, it's 21 days when you have it, or it's X number of days. Yeah, kind of, sometimes, but really your brain has already rewired. Your brain is different right now than it was three seconds ago before you heard me say that sentence. And that's magical. And what it means is that it's an ongoing process. So I give people lifetime access to the course. Once you're in it, I want you to take the course and I want you to keep coming back because the research changes. I add new modules, you know, as things grow, as things change. And I want these women to have access to this community for a lifetime. You know, as it grows, I see, you know, this first cohort that's gone through, they're already leaning on each other. It was supposed to be a six week long um, Zoom call meetings. And now we've been going now for, I think, nine weeks. And we're just going to keep going because the issues that we can process together, the way we can show up and be ourselves authentically and talk about our our imposter syndrome and say, look, I feel like I should know more. And I was like, well, I do too. Wait, what? Um, it's a really freeing space. So um, short, short answer, six weeks, long answer, lifetime. That's awesome. What, what, <laughs> what prompted you to create this course? <laughs> you know, I think we all go into the work that we need to do. And for me, I have felt like an imposter most of my life and I've struggled with stress and fear and, you know, rejection and uh, setting boundaries my whole life. And so when I started doing this work for myself, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not alone here. So I really created this course for the 12 year old me, the 16 year old me, the 18 year old me, the 22, the 33, the year old me, um, because it's, it's what I have constantly needed throughout my life to keep coming back to my center and ensure that I'm, I'm really giving the very best to the, to the life that I have to live. Well, I love that. We all go into the work that we need to. That's, um, one of my quotes and I'm going to screw it up is that, um, for, I, this is why I came into the world for what I do is me. <laughs> I Ooh, oh, I love that. <laughs> and I, I know I paraphrase it, but it's actually much more profound than I'll get it to you. Well, Rebecca, no, that's great. what final thoughts would you leave with our listeners? You know, I think doing the work that you do, you, you're constantly around death and dying and, and difficult situations. And, um, one of the, the phrases that has stuck with me, and I wish I knew the attribution, I, I've looked it up a bazillion times. If anybody knows that, I would love to know because I have not been able to find this. But there's a quote that, that sticks with me, which is, most people die when they're 20 and aren't buried until they're 80. Ooh. And it's such a profound, it gives me chills every time I think about it, um, that I hope that I, the work that I do, the work that you all do as, as part of not only your job, but the work that you're doing with yourself, and through the accelerator, what I hope that does is it expands us and allows us to not die truly until we're 80, 90, shoot, 110, why limit, right? Um, but that we can truly live our, our authentic true selves. Well, my favorite movie in the world is Braveheart. All men die, few men truly live. So there it is. There it is, exactly. Well, Rebecca, if they want to learn more about your course, where can they go and find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the course is the fearless theory.com backslash 
Fearless Accelerator. That's a that's a whole lot to remember. Honestly, the easiest way to do it is to just reach out to me directly. I would be delighted to talk with you all further about it. And I'll, I'll put up my information, but it's Rebecca at RebeccaHeist.com. Um, or you can just go to RebeccaHeist.com. That's my website. You'll find me. Uh, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And if there's things that I can help you with outside of the course too, I'd be delighted to. Awesome, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It truly is inspirational and impactful. So appreciate you. Well, thank you, Chris, and thanks so much for having me on. And I always do, I'll leave you with a quote. This one, our bookend, is that no arsenal or weapon in the arsenals of the world is as formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and free women. That's Ronald Reagan. Thanks for being with us and listening to TCM Talks. <music>